You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Amen, amen. How you doing, Mission family? Good. Hey. Well, thank you. Just kidding. No, that wasn't for me. That was for God. Hey, I just want to say a, a special thank you to Abby. As many of you know, our worship leader, Jess Carter, just moved to Indiana recently, and Abby is, has uh, stepped up in the interim to kind of lead the transition. And normally when things like that happen, I just kind of would jump in and white knuckle it and do both. And, and I'm just not in a place health-wise that I can do that right now. So I'm really grateful to Abby um, for stepping in and... Thank you, Abby. We, we sincerely appreciate you. Um, man, um, personally, on a, on, on a personal note, that's redundant, um, uh, I want to thank you guys for your prayers for our family. Um, as many of you guys know, uh, I was just recently diagnosed with epilepsy, and so my capacity has really shot down um, immensely, and uh, just, I, our family has felt your care and prayers, and so I just want to say thank you. Um, uh, but that's kind of what I want to talk about today a little bit, is, uh, is, is, um, is the church. Uh, I told Abby earlier, like, on Thursday, like, I'm not sure how much I'm going to have to say this Sunday, so maybe have an extra song ready. But then the Lord has a funny way of just, like, stepping in and, and shifting the focus. And, and uh, you know, sometimes, you know, there's a thing in science called cause and effect. I'm just going to label it science. I don't know if it's really science, but... <laughs> cause and effect like if you if you do this then this will happen cause and effect right okay I, I'm, I'm basically a scientist at this point so <laughs> somebody get me a lab coat right now um, no I'm just kidding um, we have we have Gracia is very much you know uh, uh, like a, a lab coat girl so um, but um but cause, like, if I am brewing my, if I put the kettle on in the morning to get, like, boiling water to brew my coffee, um, you know, and I'm a fancy boy, so, like, I don't just use a coffee pot. I, I you know, swirl the coffee in the ground, you know, and all that stuff. But, but, like, if I turn the kettle on to 210 degrees and I accidentally get some of that water on my hand, what is going to happen? The cause of the hot water hitting my hand is going to leave a burn, right? It's going to hurt, right? That's the cause and effect. But God isn't like that, right? As much as I ask him to be like that so many times, like, Lord, if you would just do, do this I would, I would be so grateful if you would just respond in this way. If I did this and you responded this way, like God isn't a cause and effect God. Sometimes we pray and seemingly nothing happens. Like sometimes we can pray and we don't see immediate results, right? And it's not, it's not like all the time we pray 
and cause and effect, you know, like, um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that God isn't moving in the thing, though. God is not a cause and effect guy, but the Bible says time and time again that God's ways are beyond our ways, right? His ways are beyond our ways because he sees dimensions and reality that are so beyond our ability to see, much less predict in cause of effect. So if God was a cause and effect God, we actually might not like the results because God's vision is so much clearer and so much deeper than we ever could see, right? And we pray and sometimes God answers us right away. I've been there when prayers have been answered, and sometimes he doesn't, but he always hears us. He always hears us. Lovingly, he always turns his ear towards our prayers, right? The word for church means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, right? The word church is a, is, a, is a tough one. To some people, it means a group of judgmental people. You know, to, to some people, it means a building, right? Some, to some people, it means, um, you know, uh, a place where I go to to be inspired, you know, on Sunday. Um, but the Greek word for church that is used throughout the New Testament is ecclesia. I think we have it up there, ecclesia. And the definition that is used with this word throughout the New Testament is a called out assembly or congregation. A called out or assembly, a called out assembly or congregation. This is how the church is referred to throughout the New Testament, and I love that. The called out ones. The called out ones, right? And the gathering of believers called out by Jesus. See, in present day, like I said, we have labels. We've labeled the building that we gather in the church, right? But the church is so much more than a building. It's a people. And not only is it a people, our church is a family, which means you can bring all your vulnerability here and be safe. You can admit from the stage, like Dylan did today, so bravely that he struggles with anxiety and there's no judgment, there's only care, right? The church is a people. And what happens when the people of Jesus, the called out ones, gather together, the ecclesia, right? Whether they are in a building or not, when the believers in Jesus gather together and pray, the Lord hears and the Holy Spirit comes. It was just a few weeks ago that my mentor, Dave Gilmore, was here, and on that day, it was, it was the day that we celebrate Pentecost, 
And he was reading from Acts 2. And, and what was it that happened in Acts 2? Something pretty, pretty pivotal happened in Acts 2, right? Let's just let's, let's read verses 1 and 2 in Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from the heavens like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. The Holy Spirit came in this moment. This is the moment the Holy Spirit arrives on the scene. And don't miss the first line of Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And what happens? The Holy Spirit comes. And even later in the same chapter, after Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit and preaches to thousands of people, and the Bible tells us that 3,000 people came to faith in Jesus that day, what happens after that? Well, it's probably some of my, my most loved verses in the whole Bible, Acts 2, 42 through 47, because it describes the early church. The early church filled with the Holy Spirit. And Acts 2.42 says this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many Miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That's the picture of the early church. Now it had to grow from there, but that's the early church in its simplest form. People devoted to praying and worshiping together and being a community of believers in Jesus. And that, I mean, and, 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 and verse 47 blows my mind. They, they, they enjoyed the goodwill of all the people, right? Wow. Believers, brand new, and believers that have been following Jesus for years gather together. Because there is power when the believers in Jesus, the called out ones, gather together, which we cannot experience alone. When we gather and sing, pray, and open our Bibles together, I believe the heart of God is moved. The people, the, the, rather the problem is that the modern day, in modern day, sometimes we forget what the church is for, right? Sometimes we make it more about us than we do about God. 
Sometimes we make it more about what we can receive and be entertained by than what we can give to God corporately. Sometimes we come to church and and we don't really expect God to do anything, right? We're just happy to see our friends and get a cup of coffee and check off the Sunday church box. You know, I did it. But what if, and I mean, what if the people of God came together under his name, expectant that his Holy Spirit would move among us? What if the people of God came together in unity and prayed expectantly that their prayers would be answered, right? God always hears our prayers, but when his people gather together under his son's name and pray in unity, I believe that his heart is moved in a special way. And through the giving of his Holy Spirit, there is power released that we cannot experience on our own. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Later on in the book of Acts, so we're still in the same book, chapter 12, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Peter, the same one who um, walked on water with Jesus briefly and then got wet, right? Uh, The same one that denied Jesus three times and Jesus restored him, that same Apostle Peter. He's in prison, about to be killed by a king that is persecuting believers in Jesus. This king has already killed James, which is, ex- uh, um, which is exciting to all the Jewish people that put Jesus on the cross, right? He's already killed James. And, and, and seeing how much the crowds loved this, he decided to put Peter on trial during the Passover, which meant certain death for Peter, right? The king had Peter chained and heavily guarded. Let's see what happens. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Somebody do the math. What's that math? I don't know if I believe you. Four squads of four soldiers each. 16? Really? Man, I never was good at math. Um... Then, this, um, then he imprisoned him, placing him under, lost my place, under the guard of four squads with four soldiers each. Herod instructed um, to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was, put, was to be placed on trial, he was asleep. 
fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the, seal, in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals, and he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So, P so Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through in the start and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided um, it must be his angel. It must be his angel. M meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. So don't, one thing I do not want you to miss here is that in is verse 5. Before Peter was in prison, but before anything miraculous happened, verse 5, but while Peter was in prison, the church, the ecclesia, the called out gathering of God was praying very earnestly for him. They were united under one cause, under the name of Jesus, together. And they were praying for Peter. And the angel comes and frees Peter. And so where, where does Peter go? He goes to the place where, where they were praying. The, the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, uh, in verse 12, there it is, where many were gathered for prayer. When the church gathers and prays, God hears. He may not always answer in the way that we're expecting. In fact, I'm wondering, honestly, if that church, that gathering of believers was expecting anything to happen. Right? Right? Sometimes we pray and God moves, but we're hesitant to believe it was God, right? Like, I've, I've been there where I've been like, uh, there's been an answer to prayer, and I'm like, oh, was that just like 
circumstances changed? Or, or was that God? For some reason, sometimes we're hesitant to attribute it to God's hand, right? Hence, Peter knocking at the door waiting to be let in. Dude just got out of prison, and here he is going, going to his, the, the believers, going to his church, and they think, they think um, this girl is just out of her mind because she's saying what they're praying for happened. Have we ever been there? Have you been there? Like, I, like I've, I've been there where I've been hesitant to attribute it to a, a work of God. Yet, I've been praying for it. And that's where this group of people, I was, I'm wondering if they were expectant of anything at all. Right? See, here's the thing. Either every word of the Bible is true or it isn't, right? Either the Bible's true or it isn't. So if we believe how we approach God together matters, we have to take it seriously and, and have faith and believe and approach God together expectantly. Hebrews 4.16 says this, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. It doesn't say every aspect of our prayers will be answered when we approach the throne of grace. Because again, God sees dimensions and realities that we can't even fathom. His ways are beyond our ways. But he always hears us and he encourages us to approach his throne boldly. If we come expecting nothing of God, most likely nothing is what we will get. Right? But if we come hungry to see people set free, like the things that are in God's heart, if we come boldly before the throne, if we come hungry to see people set free, to see people healed, to see God moving among us in in the city of Redlands and beyond, we, we are way more likely to see it if we come expectantly, if we approach the throne boldly. Now, it's not perfect science, though, right? Because God's ways are beyond our ways, but God always hears our prayers. He never turns a deaf ear to our prayers. So what if we didn't gather in a church, but the church embraced their name and gathered as the called out people of Jesus. What if we didn't gather in a church, but we stepped up and became the church? What if we came together in unity under the name of Jesus and prayed together expectantly? Now, 
Hmm. Abby, would you please come to the piano? We're going to go to a time of prayer right now. I just feel like, I feel like we just need to walk the walk that we're talking right now. So this is going to, I'm just feeling this, guys. I want you to bear with me. Um, but I want us to pray together as a church. And so many times when we ask people to come to the front, they think like there's some secret sauce to the people who are doing the praying. But here's the thing, is that we are the people, right? So here's the thing. I'm going to call out a few different sets of circumstances. And if you need prayer for those things, I just want you to stand where you are. And if you feel comfortable, I would like people to gather around those people and just pray. People from the congregation, the called out people of God. I just want you to come and pray. So if you are resonating with one of these circumstances, I would just love you to stand. I just want to set the tone for this moment. So Father, we give you this moment, Lord. Father, we are here, not in a church, but as the church. Father, we are hungry to see lives transformed, to see people set free, to see uh, healing, physical and emotional, Father. Father, we pray that you would just be ever present in this moment. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just move freely in this moment. Lord, we are stepping out in boldness, approaching your throne of grace. Come and have your way. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.